The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have my esteemed co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg here. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. That top 10% is a tipping point of, of sorts that, you know, what can you do a little differently, maybe a little more? What can you help your people do a little differently, maybe a little more to move into the top 10%? And we always like to have, you know, exciting people who can bring you uh, new information, add to what we would call these micro-initiatives, few things that you could do that could have a micro or macro impact. So today's guest, let me tell you about her, is Diane Brady. And Diane is an award-winning writer, interviewer, columnist, and senior editor at Bloomberg. Ms. Brady interviews dozens of newsmakers on stage each year at global events and is a regular guest on, on BBC, NPR, and other major media outlets. Diane has also managed corporate um, coverage at Business Week and has led initiatives to reach new audiences through partnerships, editorial boards, events, and other uh, projects. She has an acclaimed book uh, called Fraternity that was named uh, an Amazon Best Book of 2012 and and shortlisted for the NACP Image Award. Diane previously worked uh, at the Wall Street Journal in Hong Kong um, in, in Toronto, and also at the UN Environment Program in Nairobi. So uh, we're going to interview her first, and then we'll keep our little intro to uh, the second half because we only have so much time with Diane. And and Kathy, maybe say a word or two about you know how you met Diane, and then we'll jump right into it. Oh, absolutely! It was a pleasure. I met Joe. Um, excuse me. I met Diane. I was just thinking about uh, somebody that I was on the phone with before the show. Uh, when we were in New York, and it was a pleasure to meet Diane. She's quite uh, a presence. Um, she is someone who I believe has been friends with Noel Tishy for a while, a professional friend, and uh, as another professional friend of Noel's, uh, my book was launching that week in, uh, in and around uh, the nation, and I was asked to uh, come along, and so I was very pleasantly surprised when I met Diane and was able to... Um, listen to her as she spoke to a group of 40 MBA students from across Asia. Many, many wonderful uh, Fortune 500 companies were represented there, and Diane just captivated them. And if that's any indication as to what we're in for uh, during the brief 30 minutes that we have with Diane, uh, then I welcome her to the show. Welcome, Diane. Thank you so much for finding time to be with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm I'm certainly interested in the topic of leadership. It comes up a lot in my work. 
Yes, I could imagine. And in fact, the night that we were uh, with you, you were uh, hosting an event in New York, uh, which you do quite often, where you interview CEOs and great newsmakers uh, live on stage. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into the interview. So mm-hmm. tell us, that, you know, what what are um, in your you know kind of as you reflect back on your career and where you are now, which is a very high-paced, fast-moving environment there at Bloomberg, who have been some of the most influential people uh, in, in your career in terms of who've made you who you are today? Well, I haven't had a classic sponsor like they tell tell you to have, you know, the, the person who shepherds you through, but I have to say I've had some terrific editors, certainly, who have pushed me to always do better, retire. And I think, oddly enough, I have been very inspired by a number of the people that I cover. So um, when I do interview people, I'm very curious. And I often get great insights into what makes them tick, how they've taken risks, um, how they view the world. So I, it gives me a very, I feel very lucky to have that position where I'm constantly learning. So I think that when, um, you know, in terms of the important points in my career, everybody goes back to their mother, and I have to thank my mother for telling me to go to Nairobi when I finished school and not to England, as my first instinct told me. And getting outside my comfort zone really has been, I think, the most important factor in shaping what I do. And, oh, that's and, outstanding. And, Diane, why did she tell you to go to Nairobi? Well, what was it that she kind of saw there for you? I had a Rotary scholarship, and, uh, you know, my idea of a life-expanding experience at the age of 21 was to potentially go to Oxford or Cambridge. Um, Of course, you know, she said, as I think we should say to all our children, go somewhere um, where you don't fit in as well, where you um, might not otherwise go, and that would be, so it was either Nairobi or Calcutta. I think uh, Calcutta would have also been an excellent choice, but what it did really was, among other things, it helped me to get a better sense of myself to be in a culture where even some of the common English words were not the same. Um, I think it's just a great experience, and all of us should get the opportunity to feel what it's like to be a minority, I think, at some point in our lives. It certainly is something um, that I have been, I guess, as an inner city child, you know, something I've been exposed to growing up. But um, when you feel it, in a foreign country, uh, I think the compelling experience that you talked about, Diane, really is something that creates not only curiosity, but, uh, if you will, a, a real fascination with the world around you. So how can you not wake up curious? It's amazing. Well, I think the other thing is that a lot of us, um, you know, especially during times of economic hardship, we tend to view uh, the outside world as a threat. Um, more than as an opportunity. And I think that one of the hallmarks of what's made the U.S. so innovative really has been the fact that it is such a mix of cultures, of people, of experiences. I think that's certainly something I notice when I go to the universities. You know, the best universities in Europe tend to, by and large, sort of draw from the local population what's been the hallmark of, of really sort of top universities here is that you, you draw people from all over the world, and I think it's been a big factor in what's made us lead in so many different fields. 
Well, that stuff is, is really fascinating, you know, to hear uh, from you, Diane. And, and, you know, I know we may have certain people, you know, most of our audience are people in organizations, but we may also have certain people who are interested in having a similar, you know, career or role uh, that you have. Is any kind of advice, maybe this is for some of our younger listeners kind of coming up, um, you know, what kind of advice would you give them if they want to do, you know, pursue that? Well, I, I vividly remember in the early 90s having the dean of the Columbia uh, Journalism School tell us that there were 88,000 students getting journalism degrees and far fewer jobs. So the uh, current status quo is not all that different. I think a lot of professions, it's easy to get turned off by the numbers, but I think if you are um, you know, passionate about what you do and and strive to be excellent at what you do, I think that there is uh, a lot of room for growth in the media, and I'm personally very excited by a lot of the disruption in the media right now because I think it creates a lot of new opportunities for how we cover content, how we reach people, and I'm certainly not as dire about our prospects as, as one might think given the changing patterns of media consumption. So, so stick me, with it. Yeah, I, I want to kind of go a little bit deeper on that because I, I think it's intriguing. Uh, when we were together with um, all those wonderful MBA students from across Asia, you were talking about how media has changed and the online presence of instantaneous newsmaking and how that impacts people. When you think about the future uh, of the careers of some of the folks that are listening, you know, these up-and-coming folks, and given what you know your readership wants to invest their time in, in both online presence and, and print reading, what, what kind of encouragement or direction would you would you provide for them now, given what you've seen as changes in the media and where you think it's going with this online versus print presence? Well, I don't think it's versus, first of all. I think that in the same way people talk about a mobile strategy as if it's something separate, you know, this is just another way to reach people with great content. It's funny, there's a book out um, right now by Tom Dockroff called Twitter is Not a Strategy, in which he argues that you know, social media and Twitter is not a substitute for having an understanding and soul to your brand. I'd say, you know, which I think is absolutely correct, I'd say in the same way catchy headlines and clickbait is not a substitute for, you know, intelligence and accuracy and and news judgment. So I think there's a, a broad array of choices out there. I think that we have to as always, be careful about what we read. And I think one of the great things about journalism, frankly, is that you don't need a license to be a journalist. Great journalism is great reporting, and and anybody can do it. And the more that you democratize the tools, and by that I mean it's easier to create movies, it's easier to create content, radio shows, etc., I think that creates more opportunities for excellence. The challenge, of course, is how do you find it, how do you get noticed, but I, I tend to think that um, high-impact stories will rise because people have more ability right now to share it. And that, to me, puts us in a better direction for journalism than having it in too few hands. So, Diane, when you're thinking about picking up on what you're saying, you know, these high-impact stories, um, you know, how do you, how do you go about that? I mean, given what we're saying comes across your desk, there's probably a plethora of, 
ways that you could go every day to select a a story, you know, what kind of goes goes uh, behind that when you're thinking about is this uh, is this what the audience wants? Is this worth my time? You know, how do I go? How do you go about that? Well, I think the gauge that I use, everybody has their own questions, but it comes down to, first of all, um, is this something that is worth taking people's attention? Um, I tend to have a, a bias, which I think most journalists do, toward um, seeing around the corner as to what's next, frankly, um, than doing a recap of what's already happened. We certainly want to give understanding and context to what's in the news and help us sort of fit it into the jigsaw puzzle of our lives and how it matters and how it will impact us. But at the end of the day, I think it it is about anything that is going to sort of change the conditions for not just the business environment, but our lives. And so it does get into regulation. It does get into the companies that um, have both the power and the opportunity and the technology and the talent to really disrupt you know, how things are done. I think that, you know, one of the perils, of course, is that, you know, there's plenty of opportunity now to have media channels, and there's a difference, I think, between, um, you know, actual reporting and opinion. I think there's a good place for opinion. I think there's a difference as well with the sponsored content and the pieces that people put up on sites where they're really, um, you know, promoting their brands and such. But that said, I think there's some fantastic content there as well because what people really want is they want intelligence um, that helps them make smarter decisions. They want insight into what they should be paying attention to. And none of us feel that we get too few emails or there's too little information out there. What we really want is we want a filter to sort of say what matters, what's true, and what's next. Well, we're going to take a quick break on that note, Diane, so don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. 
Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. We're talking with Diane Brady, who is an award-winning writer, interviewer, columnist, and senior editor at Bloomberg. You know, and Diane, we were talking during the during the break to be able to come back to this idea of, you know, how do you, how do you pick your um, story, your headline? You know, is it something that's a bleeding lead, such as stories about a leader's failure over their success, or are you looking for something that's, you know, more positive? I mean, you know, how, do you, how do you decide on where to go? I think, I think it can be either. I'm, 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 um, I'm not really an agenda-driven journalist insofar as I'm trying to either celebrate great leadership or, um, you know, expose terrible leadership. I think that really um, the, the judges, for me, that are, I suppose, the um, filters that I put on is, uh, you know, does this matter to a lot of people? For example, um, when you have major companies that, a lot of people I hold stock in, work in, you know, clearly are important drivers in our economy, both in the U.S. and worldwide, then you care about how those companies are being run. My general philosophy, though, is that I don't think people should be surprised by what they read, and so I think that everybody should have an opportunity to certainly answer their critics, and, and I think that everybody, that accuracy has got to be the the hallmark of everything we do. And I've had many examples in my career where I've, you know, written pieces that have been, you know, somewhat critical based on the fact, but then I've, that has not burned the bridges with the people that I've covered because they've been fair and they've been accurate. And um, in essence, my goal is to tell people what's really going on. So I don't know if that answers the question, but it really does sort of say that, that what we care about, of course, is what matters, and what matters can vary day to day. It can really vary with the trends, but you want to know who are the players that are going to be affecting our lives, how are companies being run, and, um, 
you know, there's a lot of issues around governance and such, which aren't always celebratory, but I think are important to explore. And, you know, Diane, as a, you know, a senior editor for, for Bloomberg and Business Week, how do you decide, with all the noise that's coming in on the line, what to give your attention to? I'll give you an example. Um, you know, the, the late Warren Bennis, one of my mentors, mm-hmm. used to say, uh, nowadays, getting through information is like putting a pot on your head and beating it with a spoon and trying to hear people above that bin, <laughs> you know. But yet, you think about the people who we that have become such household names, whether it's the, you know, Warren Bennis, I think, in many circles, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musks, the Steve Jobs. Let me put in some women. Uh, let's see, Mary Barra, you know, Martha Stewart, everybody. You know, there's why? Why do why do we know of those people? Because they are making a big difference uh, for good or for ill. They're either at very important key roles or they are incredible innovators. Um, they are changing how we consume information. They are changing, um, you know, their industries that they go into. So that's a big filter. We Obviously, we have, um, we have meetings, and Bloomberg itself has a huge network of 2,400 um, people working in the editorial side in Bloomberg News worldwide. So that gives us a lot of eyes and ears on the ground and a lot of networks that really do filter through the noise to figure out what actually is important and what is something that um, is going to make people smarter about where the world's going. You know, one of the things, Diana, that I'm just curious about, you know, Kathy or I are, are kind of on the inside of working with corporations, with management, and helping them become better leaders. And then kind of on the outside, what gets represented of that is, you know, the impact on their stock price and everything else. When you think about, you know, some of the investors and people who are looking at these companies, um, how much do they really know about the management team and what's going on and what's really going on on the inside, uh, you know, behind the numbers? I mean, I, you know, I know we think it's important, and I, I hear on the outside they think it's important, but I'm just wondering how much do people really know who's there, what's happening, you know, what are they really doing from leading the company? Yeah, I think it depends. Some companies obviously are much more out there. I think if you're a large institutional shareholder, you probably know a lot more than, um, you know, a small retail investor like, like uh, you or I, for example. And so I think that some people also know man- the management and they frankly don't care. They're betting on the stock for different reasons. I see investors as just one group of of stakeholders, so to speak, in mm-hmm. a company. There's the customers, the employees, the people whose lives they touch and affect. So investors are very important, but um, they're certainly not the only people that you have to please when you're in a big company or even if you're an entrepreneur out there, you've got... Um, many, many different uh, people whose whose lives either depend on you for, for income or whose lives are being affected by what you do. And, you know, one of the things that I think is so important to keep in mind, um, and I think you've alluded to this uh, a couple of times, is that what we focus on uh, probably also becomes our reality. Um, you know, you've heard psychologists say that so many times, but I think the media can also create that reality, just um, as we kind of transition into the final, mm-hmm. you know, kind of conversation here, because I know you're going to have to leave in a few minutes. Yeah, when my you apologies look, about that. Yes, yes. So when you look at what, what leaders focus on, 
um, given new mindsets on management and leadership versus innovations in management and leadership um, over the past decade. You know, Relly is an author on emotional intelligence. I've got a new book out uh, that seems to be winning all kinds of awards in leadership and management and, and business life. What is it that you think we should be focused on as newsmakers, people who are trying to also create um, the news in leadership? Well, I think that, uh, again, I, I, I tend to sort of go case by case, but I think that um, what fascinates me um, with leadership and what I've seen to be sort of the hallmarks of, of great leadership is there is an insatiable curiosity for where the world is going. There is a very um, deep-rooted concern for inclusiveness. I don't just mean diversity of, you know, how many women and and minorities and such you have on your board, but, you know, a real sense that you're engaging your employees, you're engaging your communities, you're you're in this for a purpose greater than making money because we all know that that your paycheck is really not um, what should be motivating us to get out of bed in the morning. There's a higher purpose to what we do and and great leaders embrace that purpose and, and understand it, articulate it. So I don't think that, I think really what what all of us should do is try to make the world a better place, try to make the world a fairer place, make sure that voices are being heard, that, um, that, we're, that truth is sort of the defining feature of how we look at the world, and that, um, and that we embrace the type of change that really sort of makes lives better, businesses better, and takes us in the right direction and, um, and try to expose the sort of change that rips us further apart and creates more inequity. So, you know, the, I think transparency, accuracy, honesty, and, and having, um, you know, those core values really is what defines um, great leadership and is something that everybody aspires to. And I also think leaders don't always have the title CEO. I've met many leaders in my life who aren't, they're not big entrepreneurs, they're not sort of even formally involved in, um, say, paid employment, but yet they are great leaders, they make a great difference, and they are as engaged, as busy, and, um, you know, I think as important as anybody pulling in tens of millions of dollars a year. Well said. Well said indeed. Well, I know that you only have a couple of minutes before you have to leave. And on behalf of uh, Leadership Development News and our listeners, I want to thank you, Diane, for taking the time to be with us. We do look thank forward to hosting you again. So we will tap into you throughout the year and look thank forward you, to you. Thank you. Thank you for um, having me. And, and good luck. It's an important topic. And I think it's one that um, all of us think about in, in different capacities. So thanks for having me and uh, hope it's been worthwhile. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Diane. We really appreciate it. Thanks. Bye-bye. So, Kathy, you know, I think one of the things we want to do is kind of follow up a little bit on on a couple of things that she was uh, talking about. Absolutely. So I hope everybody who's listening does not go away for more than a minute. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. We have Dr. Kathy Greenberg, we just finished interviewing um, Diane Brady, who is an award-winning writer and interviewer and columnist from uh, Bloomberg. So some pretty exciting things, Kathy, that she had to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, I really enjoyed listening to Diane when she uh, spoke to our MBA students from Noel Tishy's program at the University of Michigan's Global Partnership. And what I, what I found fascinating for those of you who've been listening to Diane's interview uh, is she specifically addressed, uh, you know, a recent interview that you can find at the, you know, if you go to the, the Bloomberg uh, channel, uh-huh. um, you'll see her as the senior editor for this particular story, which included uh, Mary Barra as well as others, um, including the CEO of Apple, and um, 
you know, essentially what she's saying is to the point of good emotional intelligence, which you are obviously the expert on, really, we have to look at both. We have to look at both leaders who are doing things well and leaders who are doing things less than well. And I think one of the the reasons why I look to people like Noel Tishy, who've been around for a long time, who've been looking at these behaviors and looking at um, the work of many leaders over many, many decades. Um, you know, he is one of our elder statesmen now in the field of leadership and management. And his new book, Secession, clearly indicates that there are some things we do well and things we don't in, in terms of creating the right leadership pathways mm-hmm. for people. And I got a lot out of what Diane was speaking about in terms of news making because it is about emotional intelligence. You know, it's not only about what we believe the media wants to hear, but it's are they capable of seeing it? You know, can they can they taste it? Can they, um, is it tangible? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Or, you know, yeah. can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, you know, I think um, when we were talking about, you know, leaders and 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 what's most uh, important, and especially from the EI standpoint, that's why I wanted to ask Diane about, first of all, you know, how much do uh, people on the outside really know what's going on on the inside? She did highlight engagement, you know, that that's something that every organization, you know, should be focusing on, and that's kind of an internal piece that on the X, X, uh, outside stakeholders, shareholders, you know, they want to see that it's well run. But I don't think, Kathy, they really have a big window into how well it's run, and that goes back to some of the work we do and some of the work with leaders. And this engagement is probably one of the, the critical factors. And for folks who, who, who don't know, you know, it really is, is someone committed? Is someone going to go above and beyond? Sometimes this is called uh, discretionary effort. And if you're listening, you may want to think about you have effort that you're putting into your work, and it's discretionary. You could, you could work a little smarter. You could work a little longer. You could collaborate. When companies are really well run, people want to put in more effort. And if they you know, feel good about their leaders, they want to please their uh, leaders and the, and the people who are in the organization. And so then they'll, ha- they'll put in what's called more discretionary effort. And, you know, that will basically turn right into people being more engaged, committed, kind of going beyond, um, you know, moving that 5% uh, needle. So those are the kind of things, and we can talk more about some of the EI aspects of that, Kathy, but I think that's one of the things that Diane did say from the outside that people are looking about, you know, how engaged are, are people in the organization? Well, you know, it's so funny, really, as I listen to you describe the EI components, and, you know, you and I have worked together for many, many years in different ways. And the new book, Fearless Leadership and Your Focus, and your top-ranked book, you know, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, there's so, there's so many symbiotic right. relationships there, right? So you just talked about discretionary effort, okay, yeah. and, and investing that to create engagement. Well, if you look at the 12 success secrets in the book, that goes to the whole issue of creating mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you value the people that right. you're working with and for and around you, right, that discretionary effort 
yeah. creates a set of mindfulness opportunities for you and those around you who are observing this and feeling it and tangibly relating to it, engaging in it, that is so powerful. But, I mean, can you want to com- comment yeah. on that? I just see a lot of symbiotic. Yeah, yeah. You know. I think maybe, let me, let me share, Kathy, a little bit of research um, that, you know, I've, I've seen that's on this topic. And then maybe, you know, this, then we can kind of tie it to some of the actual actions that your book, uh, Fearless Leaders and Your Success Secrets, we can kind of highlight. So, um, you know, this is a recent study you know, from the uh, Harvard Business Review, uh, Christine Porath. And I think what was so interesting about this, this is her and uh, Tony Swartz, they did a study of nearly 20,000 employees around the world. And what they, what they found that the biggest element. We're always looking for these components. You and I are. This surprised me and see if what you what you think about this. Is being treated with respect was more important to employees than recognition and appreciation, was more important than communicating an inspiring vision, was more important than providing useful feedback, and was more important than even opportunities for learning, growth and development. I mean, these are all things that we talk about, you know, that we do, recognition, communication, vision, uh, are our people, um, you know, are you talking about their career growth? But to me, that kind of stopped me in my tracks for a minute, and then have you comment, and then we can talk about things. It's like, wait a minute, respect, which is the golden rule, that's more important, at least from this one study, than all these other aspects around, that, you know, that we're focusing on training and coaching you know, it's really about respect, and I think it ties into Noel's work, some of it, because when he talks about judgment and he talk, and we talk about behaviors with people, it happens in a moment. No one is saying, I'm going to go be disrespectful, but, you know, you heard me say, if you're on automatic, something pops out of your mouth before you know it, and now you may be perceived disrespectful. So let's kind of maybe pause on this, and then we can kind of tie in some of your tools is that surprising to you, you know, that respect, in a sense, trumps some of these other things that we talk about? You know, it's fascinating that that word respect, I've got to reach a Franklin and my, you know, R-E-S-P. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Find out what it means to me, you know, kind of singing in the back of my head. And the reality is, I I can see why that is so important to people. And, you know, as I'm reflecting on what you've said, um, I can't tell you the name of the company, but... Uh, a few years ago, I was blessed to be the speaker and the facilitator for a global strategic program um, for a national pharmaceutical company, and they had brought their leaders from around the United States and some from around the world uh, for this event, and we used a groupware process um, looking oh, yeah. at what were some of the top five behavioral elements in the science of happiness uh, that we could use to engage and, if you will, create an environment uh-huh. of resilience. And don't, you know, don't discount groupware <laughs> for yeah. one minute yeah. because uh, they were uh, also uh, very surprised uh, that um, that respect was one of the elements that showed up. And I think it's fascinating. It's, it really is when you look at human behavior, that there are so few things that we can reward anymore that has true meaning. And I think the behavior of respect is something that one has to feel, that one has to recognize, 
and one has a definite individualized quality around. So what is respect for you and what is respect for me may be very different. But how that shows up tangibly is very important for us. Well, and I think it goes back to what we can talk more about, and, and, you know, this is kind of my theme song, is, you know, if we stay on automatic, we stay average. Well, that's why you have to have this, one of our 12 success secrets is be a master of mind control. Exactly. If if you don't have what you like to call impulse control, right, Right. in EI language, you are never going to be a master of mind control. And if, if that penny goes in that bubblegum machine... Right, and it comes out of your mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. And we're all guilty of this. I'm uh-huh. raising my hand here in my little office by myself. Um, it happens, and it can happen for a lot of reasons. Well, and I, th- and I think uh, this is where it ties into the kind of the mindfulness, and maybe we'll, we'll zero in on on you know some of the tips you have on some of these practices. Um, but if someone's not just taking a couple moments. You know, to really be in touch with who they are and maybe respecting, you know, their own pace, respecting their own timing, respecting uh, their body. Have, have you eaten enough? Respecting your own energy level. So it almost that respect comes from the internal aspect. And then externally, you will demonstrate and you will communicate the same. So this is where you, you, we've talked a lot about it's that internal awareness, external awareness. You know, are you, do you know what's going on for you? That'll help you have empathy and know what's going on for others. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I think that's so important. And the way you describe that, I think, is so artful. I think one of the things in, in our book, um, Fearless Leaders, you know, we talk about the four quadrants, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the four principles of fearless leading, and that is, and it spells the art of fearless leading, A-R-T-E, you know, that act with inspiring courage, respond with resilience, and this is where this comes to where you've just been, think with a higher consciousness. Right. And then, of course, have that very meaningful, engaged mm. with the mindset for success. But it, it's that thinking part. Yeah. If, if, you, if you're not sleeping, if you're not eating... Uh, if you're drinking too much caffeine, if you're not exercising. Um, You know, I just went through a major surgery, and I'm very blessed to be 10 days out of the hospital, uh, actually seven days out of the hospital, you know, 10 days in recovery, and I feel fantastic. Oh, great. Thanks. Yeah, a lot of it is the love from people like you and, and others I am blessed to have in my life. Um, you know, people who have reached out, but it's being mindful. And when you went through any kind of emotionally stressful experience, whether it's physical or otherwise, you have the time to think about those mm-hmm. things and get real clear and conscious on what it is you need to do to recover, whether it's an emotional attack, a physical attack right. on your being. So very powerful stuff, really, incredibly. Well, so we're going to go to a break, and then we'll be right back for our last segment. So don't go away. This is Leadership Development News. Whether 
the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence? so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at H2CLeadership.com. That's H2CLeadership.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We've been having a really exciting program today, a little eclectic, a different touch than we usually have in our programs. We started off with uh, Diane Brady, who is a senior editor at Bloomberg Business Week, and she helped us think a little bit about what are newsmakers, why are they newsmakers, and what are we focused on both in the media, in virtual, online, as well as 
hard copy print. And why are we interested in that? And we've kind of evolved into a discussion around emotional intelligence with my friend here, Relly Nadler, and his top-ranked book, Leadership Development, um, excuse me, um, <laughs> sorry, really, we're on leadership <laughs> development news. Oh, I'm losing my mind. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> we're, we're, we kind of evolved into a, a discussion on emotional intelligence and leading, um, obviously, with emotional intelligence is very important. But you also have something that I really relish and go to often, which is um, a website for uh, practical tools on emotional intelligence. And um, I think that you have a new number that people yeah. can get into very quickly. Could you share that sure. with the audience and yep. talk a little bit about that? So it's a text number that if you text 38470, 38470, I'll, I'll repeat that in a minute. But it's, it goes to what we have as EI Central which is really a library or resources of, of some uh, emotional intelligence tools. There's some assessments. There's some of the podcasts that Kathy and I have done. There's some of the, um, you know, articles. There's some of uh, articles that I have from Psychology Today. So uh, you just text 38470, and then you go in. You have to sign in, um, but then you'll be in in what we call as EI Central. Fantastic. So, well, it, it, can you talk a little bit about... Um, what some of the content is beyond um, the tools and the resources. Are there invitations to some of your events? I know you do some ongoing webinars. Anything yeah. like that, really? Yeah. So once you're on that, then you get in our, our newsletter. Once a month we have a webinar about an uh, emotional intelligence topic that's open to the public. Um, you know, covering exactly what Kathy and I like to do is how do you get to how-to so we have things on emotional self-awareness, on confidence, on developing others, on teamwork and collaboration. Each one of those is a uh, webinar that has a worksheet, and you can you know, uh, purchase a, a packet of those. So those are some of the things, at least uh, once you go to that text uh, number of 38470, you'll get in the system and you'll have notifications and stuff. So, Kath, I wanted to ask you, we're talking about this sense of mindfulness and, um, you know, respect and how do you kind of take those moments so you have thinking with higher consciousness and then some of your tools, you just came back from, a, you know, a major surgery and I know for, it must have been frightening and I know then you had probably hours, you know, just kind of lying in the bed. Um, what were some of the things that you may help kind of tapping in on some of your tools in your top-ranked book, uh, Fearless Leaders, you know, that you use for mind control? and thinking with mindfulness? You know, really, that's such a powerful question because I'm still in the recovery process. <laughs> and, you know, I'm sure our listeners are probably wondering, what the heck did she have? Well, I had a neurosurgery, and the neurosurgery happened to be uh, on my cervical spine. Um, and to be honest, it was from uh, a number of very bad skydives <laughs> that I had right. um, between 2004 and 2008. And I thought I had escaped all of that um, with no physical damage. And here it is, you know, several years later. Um, in fact, I had very badly compressed nerves in my um, four, five, and six vertebrae, cervical vertebrae. And with many of the people that I've worked with uh, in the military and paramilitary who've experienced this kind of surgery, uh, it is, in fact, something that is very frightening and can be debilitating depending on the length 
um, of, of, of the surgery and the invasiveness. And one of the things that I've learned a lot is about owning it. You know, no blaming, complaining, or excuses. That's one of our 12 fearless leader right. success secrets. And I had nobody to blame for jumping out of a perfectly good plane 55 times. <laughs> yeah. You know, you go up there, you do it, you did it, um, you, nobody to blame. And complaining about it certainly isn't uh, going to make a difference in making excuses for uh, why your chute opened or didn't open the way it should have or why you had a hard opening or, you know, a hard landing or whatever. It's your skill. It's your capability. And being mindful is recognizing that you have control over certain things and you have control over um, many of the things in life, but you don't have control over a surgeon in your brain or in your cervical spine. And you certainly don't have control over your recovery time. What you do have recovery um, control over is your mental attitude. And I can remember laying in the hospital thinking, this is fantastic. I mean, I've come out of the surgery. <laughs> Everything works. Uh-huh. <laughs> I can wiggle my fingers and my toes. Yeah. Uh, I can get up and go to the bathroom by myself. Those were huge achievements. And for anyone who's ever had a debilitating surgery, just thinking on the high side, Mm-hmm. as opposed to how much longer do I have to be here? Will they let me go when it's time? Um, will all of my uh, mental and cognitive capacity still be there? Well, you know, when you think about creating a powerful consciousness, passion is the fuel of greatness. And that's another one of our fearless leader success secrets. Passion is the fuel of greatness. And when you fuel yourself passionately with good positive ideas about the small things that you can do yourself well, even while other things are not necessarily 100% up to par, that is what Barbara Fredrickson calls building and broadening, Mm. right? When you start feeling good about some small thing that you're capable of, the rest follows. So, so... When when the fear came in to you, uh, you know, is, am, am I going to get through this surgery? That's always on the front side. You know, what were some of the things? We all have those kind of those feelings, those thoughts that come up. It's natural. It's kind of what you do with it or where do you go with it? Where do you go with that? You know, I've learned from working with some of our top uh, business minds, uh, our top special warfare minds. Yeah. Uh, our top law enforcement minds, if you practice, and I mean practice mentally, physically, emotionally, it's experiencing the fear and you recover from it over and over and over again, you create an opportunity for yourself to grow and learn and bounce back using those thoughts. And that's exactly what I did. I practiced it for weeks before I got into that OR And lucky for me, I was surrounded by one of the most, I would say, compelling, compassionate, and capable teams uh, of neurosurgeons and their staff. So it it gave me great great comfort. Yeah. Well, so, Kathy, I'm so happy that that, uh, everything went well and that you could share. You're willing to share some of those insights. And I know, you know, for our listeners, when it comes with that fear, and it sounds like you did this, is to, you know, accept it. It's normal. And then 
And, you know, once you do that, it does, it's not so debilitating. It's when you kind of feed the fear versus just accept it, and that's kind of a or, mindfulness. Or you let other people feed the fear, and often we do that as both leaders, as parents, as friends, right. and as community participants. Don't let anybody feed your fear. The impossible is possible if you can prepare yourself for what's to happen, positive or negative. That's great. Beautiful, Kathy. Well, you've been listening to Leadership Development News. Uh, Tune in to tune up your performance, and we'll see you and hear you again next week. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll be right back.